0: Belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas Podcast. The message for August 15th, 2021 is called Belong. The speaker is John Ray and the location is Pratt Place Barn in Fayetteville, Arkansas.
1: to join us here at Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas. Whether you're here with us today, which is awesome, or watching on the live stream, we are really glad that you're here. I want to start with just a few announcements as we get going here. Um, we are following all of the CDC and local state, our uh, Department of Health advising on COVID. So we're asking everybody who's over three to stay masked up when you're within an area with other people. Um, we're doing this out of our love for each other with that. So just a reminder that you're, when you're close to someone, let's let's keep the mask on as we do that. We also have our picnic after church. If you signed up, uh, stay around. We'll be having the, the food from Jason's Deli delivered here. And also this is our last, it's kind of sad for me, this is our last Sunday here at Pratt Place. Um, we've been exceptionally blessed to have this this facility and this use and I'm really going to miss the acoustics uh, for the worship and stuff but we do want to take extra precaution um, especially with how COVID is progressing so we're going to be meeting up at Mount Sequoia again outside. It's going to be hot so dress appropriately unless the weather takes us inside but we have the option for meeting outside or inside there and separating out a little bit more with kids in one area and adults in another for that so We'll be doing that throughout the fall as we continue to look for the next place where we're going to land with that. Um, So we want to take some time this morning and just pray, pray for what's happening. Um, I don't know about y'all, but my news feed right now is pretty bleak, pretty bleak with everything that's going on in um, Haiti, everything that's going on in Afghanistan, Uh, the fires that are burning in different places. Um, It's easy to be overwhelmed, right? But that's why we pray, or one of the reasons why we pray, is that we know that we are not left helpless in these situations and that we can enter in. But are there other things, and I want to pray specifically for all the kids going back to school in just a minute, so, but other than that, are there, are there other things we need to pray for as a community, as a body this morning? Pray, Roland's, Roland's been facing some physical issues that we need to see um, healed with that. Other things? All right, well, I'm going to pray, and I want to pray specifically for the kids. So normally I'd have everybody bunch up and gather around, but we're not going to do that this morning. We're going to stay where we are. We're going to practice our safe distancing. But kids, I want you to know this. As you go to school, you do not go alone this year. You don't ever go alone. But I want you to be conscious that Jesus is with you. That as you go into your classroom and you make new friends and you get a new teacher, that you're not alone. That you belong to Jesus. And Jesus is with you as you go. And so we're going to pray for that awareness. We're going to pray for that confidence that, uh, that with all the challenges that this school year presents, is that it's going to be the best school year ever. That's what I'm going to ask. Maybe crazy. That's what I'm going to ask. So pray with me as we take these things to our Father. Abba, you know, you see, you understand. Even as your heart breaks in Afghanistan, in Haiti, with those suffering from the fires that are burning and the disease that is progressing, there is still room there for joy and for rest. That in you there is no anxiousness, there is no fear. And so God, that's what we bless our children with today. That's what we pray for them and with them. is that as they return to school and the teachers who are here return to love and shepherd and guide and teach them that there would be no anxiety. Caution, yes, but no fear. And God, we do ask that you would protect our kids, that you would cover over them, And that as they walk in the truth that they belong to you, that they would grow in confidence. They would grow in their knowledge. They would grow in their character. They would grow in their love. And God, we pray your peace upon every anxious parent's heart today. That they would rest in doing the best that they can and leave the rest to you. And that they would know that they're not doing it alone. And we're so grateful for your presence in our lives. We're so grateful for all you are to us. For us and in us. God, we pray for your healing on those who need it. Emotionally, physically, all of it. You are good and you are good to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Just a reminder here, too, kids, you know, Miss Teresa has those packs back there. I'm sure you've already found it. But there are things to do, activities, things. And we're going to do something super special in a minute. We're going to do a baptism this morning. How awesome is that? We are going to do that um, in just a minute. But we're we're, going to pray together the Lord's Prayer. And, And we've been learning, again, about what it means to pray the Lord's Prayer. Last week, we said, we focused in on the line that says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we were reminded that it's not enough for God's will to be done, but it has to be done in God's way. So when we pray your will be done, we also say, God, do your will, but also do it your way. Do it with love and peace and kindness, gentleness, self-control, patience, all those ways. That's how God's will has to be done. Otherwise, it's not really doing God's will with that. And then we get to this this verse this morning. It's super short. It's super to the point. Give us today our daily bread. Okay, kids, how many of you had breakfast this morning? Who, how many of you had breakfast that wanted to have breakfast? Let me say that, right? Yes, Ali had breakfast because she wanted breakfast. Do you ever go to your mom or dad and you say, Mom, I'm hungry, I want breakfast, and they say, sorry, kid. Kate, your mom's never done that to you, has she? <laughs> no, no, when you go to your mom or your dad and you say, Hey, I'm a mom, dad, I'm hungry, I want some breakfast, your mom and dad, they're like, sure. It may be, hold on just a sec. And it may be no, you can't have pancakes with Cheerio and chocolate, but you can have this cereal. But they give you food, right? They give you something that you can't make for yourself. And that's, that's the thing is with this part of the prayer, it's not only a request, it's a confession. It's a confession that I can't supply this for myself. I don't know how. I don't have the stuff. I, I, I'm not tall enough to reach the counter, right? Like, I can't do this thing for myself. And so this, confess, this, this request is a confession. When we pray that, that's what we're doing. And that's what I hope, that's what I think the intent of praying it repeatedly is, is to remind ourselves, one, hey, God, you have to do this thing for us. I can't, I can't do it for myself. Praying for daily bread is not praying for, you know, a new puppy. Something that you would like, but really not necessary for your existence. It's praying for something that is necessary with that. That God supplies what we can't supply. And that thing is necessary for us. So let's all stand up. We're going to pray this together. And then we're going to go outside and do a baptism. Everybody ready? And we're going we're to stop right after that Give us today our daily bread and just think about that for a minute. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, you can have a seat. So, this morning, we are going to baptize Luca Reading. Luca, you need to stand up back there. Okay? This is Luca. He is here with his dad, Michael, and his big sister, Ella, who's just super stoked that her little brother is going to going to get baptized today and then his brother milo and ollie his little sister ollie they're all here and we yes our friday i guess it was we we met at old pine coffee shop and we all talked about what it is because when one person in the family gets baptized it it actually has something to do with everybody in the family like it's not something that just happens to one person but it affects everybody in the family And we did talk about how even though Luca is getting baptized, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden he's going to be instantaneously act differently. Like all of a sudden he's not going to go from being a pretty dang good brother to like the best brother ever. Like there's still stuff that we have to walk out. But baptism is where it starts. Baptism is this sign of belonging. It's the sign that we belong to God. We're going to talk about that today a lot. Is a sign of belonging. And when we do this baptism, when we all walk out there and we all surround it, we're going to do a few things. Those of us who aren't getting wet today, we're going to remember the baptism of Jesus. Because that's that's who we're imitating. Is that when Luca goes under, he's imitating Jesus. And when Jesus, you remember when he got baptized and came out of the water and the voice came from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, right? We're going we're to applaud. Like we're going to cheer. We're going to go, yay, Luca. We're going to go, well done. We are pleased. Echoing the voice of the Father for that. We're also going to remember our own baptism. This is something Christians are instructed to do. Is that when we see someone else being baptized, we remember when we were baptized. We remember our baptism. We remember hearing or feeling that affirmation that we did something good. But in actuality, it's not something that we even do. Baptism is something that is done to us. Yes, we ask for it. We, invite, we accept the invitation. But ultimately, no one can baptize themselves. Do you know that? You can't baptize yourself. You have to be baptized. And so Luca is going to be baptized into Jesus. He's going to be baptized into the church, the church that has always existed from 2,000 years ago all over the world. Luca becomes a member of that. But also a member of this church, of Grace Church. And so when we see Luca come out of that water, we know, hey, I mean, look, the whole reading family is part of us, but Luca now, by this baptism, has made his own decision to say, I am part of this church. This is who I want to be part of with. Them. So that's what we're doing. It's a big thing. It's kind of crazy, right? You would think just jumping in a kiddie pool and getting your hair wet wouldn't have all that meaning. But it does. It has all that meaning and so much more. So everybody got your mask on? Let's go outside and baptize Luca. Luca.
2: Check one, two. Oh, it's on. Perfect. Well, now that everybody just came back in and sat down, you're welcome to stay seated or you can stand up as we sing. Let's sing I Saw the Light. I wondered so aimless, life filled with sin. I would not. Let my dear Savior in, but Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Just like a blind man, I wandered alone. Worries and fears, I trained for my own. Then like the blind man, God gave back his sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Well, I saw the light, I saw the light. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the
3: light.
2: I was a fool to wander and stray. Straight is the gate and narrow. Traded the wrong for the right. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. In Jesus oh, our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often fall Friends, despise, forsake thee,
1: So, welcome again, everybody, to Grace Church. We're really glad you're here, if you're listening. My junior year in high school, I switched schools to a totally different school. How many of you are going to a new school tomorrow? Totally new school, Maya? Yes. New school, right? Like, I was going to a totally new school. And kind of the culture of this school was very different than the school I had been attending and so at that time I decided that if I was going to fit in that I had to kind of totally have a makeover of my persona like I had to change kind of who I was. I knew some of the kids at the new school but but I knew that the school had this reputation for being kind of a preppy school so like From the summer that I got out of my sophomore year to the start of my junior year, I totally went from hippie to preppy. I know it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe. There are photos that exist, and they're scary. We are talking penny loafers, pleated chinos, starch polos, braided leather belt, the whole nine yards. all of a sudden I changed kind of the music that I listened to, the people that I hung out with, the places where I hung out, all those things I changed to fit in. And uh, you know what happened? It worked. At least kind of. Because even though it seemed on the outside that I had adopted all of that culture, that I had become what everybody else kind of expected or wanted with that, I never really truly felt inside like I fit in. Like I felt like it wasn't really me that was being accepted or belonging. It was just kind of this persona that was. And the truth be told, I've never really felt like I belonged. I've just never been one of those people that, that has a confidence that I belonged in any space I am. And I, and I think in some ways that served me well. Growing up in the hospitality industry, doing the things that I do, I'm always aware of how other people perceive me, and I'm trying to kind of in a way adjust or fit that. And there's, there's some good aspects to that. There really are. But there's also some really deep, deep wounding from that, some deep loss, some deep negative things that come from that. I've always felt like my relationships, most of my relationships are fragile. They're tenuous. They're kind of based on performance with that. And that's a heavy load to bear throughout life. And that that wasn't just in my social, that wasn't just in my with my friends, but that carried on to my relationship with God. And so in a way I always felt like I had to kind of perform for God. I always, had to, I always had to dress right, act right, act right, look right, be right, to belong to God or else I was going to be on the outside. And that for me is, is like the biggest fear. Honestly, I, and I don't want this to turn into confessions of John Ray this morning, but, but my biggest fear is being rejected. I mean, that's my single biggest fear of that is that somehow I'm going to do something that disqualifies me. That, rejects, that I get rejected with. But here's the thing about God there is no stopping the relentless work of the Holy Spirit that seeks to include us, that seeks to envelop us in belonging, to welcome us, to reveal to us how much we are loved and accepted and secure. And this is where our Christian walk has to start. This literally has to be the start of all our theology, of all our practice, of everything about it. Because if in any way, shape, or form, we start that, hey, there is something inherent about you that you have to change first, and then God will love you. Hey, you're 98% good, but that 2%, you gotta fix that, and then you'll belong. Christianity becomes something other than Christianity. Which is what we're seeing today. Time and time again, I can't tell you how many people I talk to who are deconstructing. And the truth is, they are not deconstructing from Christianity. Most of the time, almost 100% of the time, I can tell you, they are deconstructing from something that was called Christianity, or sold to them as Christianity, or pitched to them as Christianity, but it wasn't Christianity. Because in it, it was rooted not first in belonging. It was rooted in something else. And that's why we as a church have fought and struggled so hard to practice this ethos of belong first, then become, then believe. And we've talked about this a long time, but how kind of the There's these versions of Christianity that I really struggle to think of as truly Christian that say, Hey, you need you need to believe and then become or act right and then you'll belong. Y'all, that's just another performance based religion. That's Buddhism, that's Islam, that's every other religion that's out there that says, Hey, yeah, confess these things and get your act together, and then you'll be part of who we are. That's not Christianity. That's not what Jesus does. Every time in the Bible, we're gonna talk about this a little bit. Every time in the Bible, when someone is accepted by Jesus, it is Jesus inviting them. It is Jesus welcoming them. And then they become that person, maybe, that they're supposed to be. Jesus calling the disciples. Do you think that disciples were ready when Jesus called them? You think they had it all together when Jesus called? You think Jesus went out and got the best and the brightest, the top performers, the perfect ACT scores? know and all through the bible we see this and we see it so much we miss it we see time and time again where jesus is calling the least qualified the outcast the ones on the margins the one on the edges the one that nobody else chooses and god chooses them to belong and we see it so often we we lose sight of what what is happening here is that it's not about performance first It's not about having the perfect doctrine first. It's not about being totally morally upright first. No, it it starts with belonging. It all starts with belonging. Being rooted in God's generative love for us. The only reasonable and acceptable response is for us to love each other and come to understand our, our love for ourselves in response. We're going to talk about this. The only way we're ever going to truly love ourselves is by first accepting <clears throat> the love of God for us. The only way we're ever going to love anybody else is by first accepting God's love for us, showed in this belonging. You see this throughout Scripture. It's one of the major meta narratives of the Word. But there's also a specific, uh, uh, some specific places where this is. Lined out as well. If we look at 1 John 4.7, starting there, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been fathered by God or belongs to the family or is in the family, been generated by God. The person who does not love does not know God because God is love. By this love, God is revealed in us. Love is the, is the expression of belonging. It's the proof of it. It's the experience of it. When we love and are loved, we are belonging. There is, there is inherent belonging involved. Earlier in John 17, it says, where Jesus is praying, and this is the crazy thing, right? This is why, again, we are practicing this because we're seeking, in a way, to be the answer to Jesus' prayer where he says, I'm not praying on their behalf, but also on the behalf of those who believe in me through their testimony. Which, when I first read this, this is really striking. Have you ever thought that Jesus prayed specifically for you? Emily, have you ever thought about that? That Jesus has prayed specifically for Emily Jost? And it's right here. He says, I'm not only praying on their behalf, but also on behalf of those who believe who come to believe through their testimony. We we all come to believe through the testimony of those who have gone before us, other Christians, right? Like Jesus is praying for us here, that they will be one, that they will be one. So we use this word unity a lot, but unity implies belonging. Unity implies this, this connection, this unity with that. Maya Angelou, the poet and author, she once wrote, I believed that there was a God because I was told by my grandmother and other adults. But when I found out that I was a child of God, when I internalized that, ingested that, she said, that's when I became courageous. We live in a society right now that stops at head knowledge. It stops at being told, at assenting to a group of facts. Is there a God? Yes. Do you believe? Yes. Jesus, Son of God? Yes. Okay, great. You believe in that, but have you internalized it? Do you know? Do you know that you belong to that God? Have you experienced that? Do you know that in the depth of your soul that you are loved, appreciated? wanted in a few weeks time well maybe a couple months as we go through Romans we're going to hit this pinnacle of Christian theology in Romans where it talks about what can separate us from that love right let me tell you the list of things that can separate us from the love of God is pretty short as in there ain't any But we have to know that. We have to walk that out. Well, let's, when we talk about this belonging, first of all, who are we talking about? Who do we belong to? Well, first of all, we belong to Jesus, but we also belong to each other. That's what Jesus is praying that that we would be one. We would belong to each other in mutuality, not lording over, not one person above and one person below, but in mutuality. And also to our true selves that we kind of own this, this thing we're given called self, called life, called personhood with that. And what do we belong? Well, we belong to the kingdom, to the church. The church is necessary for us to practice this. We belong to everyone else. We belong to other people. That's why we wear masks and get vaccines and, and do things that, that don't take away from other people, don't oppress other people but actually lead to their flourishing with that. The big question may be how. And because this question of how is so important, I've left it to Laura to preach next week. So she, she is going to talk about becoming next week. So I get off with the easy stuff. She's going to do the hard stuff of how do we practice this. So make sure you, uh, you're there next week for that. Well, what's the holdup? What's the holdup to this? This all sounds great, right? Well, there's hurt. There's alienation. There's sin. There's shame. There's ego. There's really bad theology. There's toxic weakness. There's seemingly the insurmountable obstacles to this. And we're not really sure also exactly what is our part and what is God's part. What is my part and what is y'all's part to this? Like, what am I really responsible for in this belonging? And this is what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. Is there are kind of levels of responsibility when it comes to this. And we, in almost every case, get them backwards. Isn't that human? That we actually get these things backwards. So, so when we talk about belonging to Jesus, what's our level of responsibility there? What do we have to do to earn that? Cody's got it, right? None. I don't have any responsibility. Scripture is crystal clear when it says, God yet loved us while we were still sinners. Everything starts with the generative love of Jesus towards us. I don't do anything to earn it. I can't do anything to lose it. I have zero responsibility in making God love me and include me with that. Now, here's the kicker. I've watched this for all my Christian experience. This is where Christians spend most of their time and effort. Is trying to make the God who already loves them, who already accepts them, who already died for them, who's already demonstrated all this, to make that God love them. I I, I, I don't know, y'all. And I'm guilty as anybody, okay? I am guilty as anybody, but this is where I see Almost all of our efforts of discipleship are trying to convince ourselves of something that's already done or is trying to make something happen that has already happened. As we spend all of this effort trying to get to belong to God that we already belong to with this. There is nothing that could be more secure though than God's love For us. God's including in us. Well, what about our relationship to others? This is where it's it's interesting because we have some responsibility here. We have some. There is a mutuality in our belonging to each other. And here we often flip-flop. This is kind of how I see human interactions go, right? On the one hand, We'll take total responsibility for that friendship or relationship, right? Like we're going to be in a relationship or a friendship and we're the one doing all the work. We're the one carrying the heavy water. We're the one making the effort, trying to include, doing this stuff. And the other person is like just totally passive. Yeah, they respond when you call. Yeah, they come when you're, they're invited. But nothing, nothing really otherwise happens, Right? And in most of our relationships, maybe I'm the only one, I'll, I'll free to confess that, it seems like we kind of flip-flop back and forth, right? Like we value the person, we want the relationship, and whether this is one other, one other person or a group, we go back and forth between, hey, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to show up, I'm going to put the invitations out, I'm going I'm I'm to call them, I'm going to text them, I'm going to do the whole thing, I'm going to make it work. And then we just get worn out, Right? And so we just kind of quit. We're like, eh, if it's important to them, they'll call me. And we just quit. And we kind of go back and forth with these things. We, we go back and forth. When reality, there is a mutuality there. Now listen, hear me this. There are seasons in every relationship, okay? It is never 50-50. I've never seen a relationship that was 50-50 that was perfect. There ain't no such animal. And there are seasons where, yeah, you are going to do the heavy lifting. You're going to carry that relationship because you love that person or that relationship with that. But that shouldn't be the defining characteristic of it. There needs to be a mutuality in that. There needs to be a mutual recognition that, hey, we have to work on this together, which is, which is what we do in church. Because we have to recognize, you know what? We all have to show up. We all have to be here. And we all have to admit at the times where we need to be carried, hey, I just need to be carried this season. I can't do it. I'm 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 overwhelmed, I'm worn out, I'm tired, I need help. Great, awesome. Ask that, we'll carry you. But at other times when that season is over, it may be, hey, you know what? You're on double shift this week, this month. We we got a lot of needs. We need we need those who can to really lean in. There's mutuality in that. And we seem to we seem to want it one way or another with that. Again, we, we mess that up. And then the last one, which is really interesting, is this belonging to self. This idea that, hey, I take responsibility for who I am. I take responsibility for, for what I feel, for who I am becoming. And just like with, with a relationship with God, where we kind of want God, we kind of want to work real hard to get something that we already have, in this relationship with self, we don't want to do any of the work. <laughs> like, like, we don't want to do any of that. We want somebody else to do all that work for us. We don't want to take ownership of our own emotions. We don't want to take ownership of our own growth. We don't want to take ownership. We want to, we want to either defer, deflect, project, reject somebody else because we are scared of ourselves. We're really scared of ourselves. We're scared of what it's going to cost us to really own that responsibility for self. And I think that's one reason why we we deflect so much to trying to get God to do something that God has already done is because we just don't want to do the work for ourselves. We don't want to do that work on belonging to myself. Owning my gifts. Hey, you know what? You're really capable of more than you think. In a lot of areas, everybody in here, you're capable of more than you think. You can do more than you think. Likewise, there's some stuff you'll never be able to do. That's really hard to admit. It's really hard to admit for me as a people pleaser that, you know what, there's just some stuff I'm never going to do, Joe. I can't do it. I'd like to think that I can. I dream that I can. Truth is, I can't. I just, I can't do it. I got to trust someone else. I got to lean on someone else to come into that area of my life and help me carry that with it. That's scary. That's vulnerable. That exposes us to hurt, to to feeling let down, to feeling left behind. But it's absolutely necessary if we are really going to belong to ourselves, is to own that. Part of the owning that is realizing what Laura said last week, when she talked about the table, which is just y'all go listen to that again. It, it, I, I couldn't take notes fast enough when Laura was teaching last week on this. But remembering that, you know what, we are we are to be hospitable guests at this table. Part of owning ourselves is recognizing, you know what, I'm not the host. I'm not the gatekeeper. I'm not the one who decides in and out. I'm not the one who passes judgment. I am a hospitable guest in this community. I have a role, yeah, I have responsibilities. Of course I do. There's mutuality. We talked about that, but I'm a hospitable guest at this. That's part of owning this. Alex commented here that when we belong to each other, we honor the host. We have to mind our manners, yeah, we have to be good guests, recognize, but we have to recognize that all the other guests are invited as well. That's part of belonging, right? It's not just that I'm belonging, it's not that God loves me, it's God loves everybody. Full stop, period, end of sentence. Everybody. There ain't nobody that God doesn't love, that God is not, that does not belong to God in that. And so one of my biggest hurdles is I have to to get used to that. Because if I got to pick and choose, maybe not everybody would be invited at the table. And this is why we go to church, y'all. This is why we do this because this is hard. This is hard work. It goes against. It's totally countercultural. It goes against everything that the world says. The world says, "Hey, you're you're good as long as you buy what I'm selling, look like I want you to look, sing what I want you to sing, act like I want you to act, right." Like it's all conditional. It's all, it's all transactional. And it even goes against kind of the small C churchy Christianity culture that a lot of us grew up with. That starts, like I said, with believe this first, then perform, and then you'll belong. It takes a lot to deprogram that. It takes a lot to deconstruct and reconstruct that. And that's what we're doing as a church is we're practicing that. It's hard work, y'all. It's hard work for me, and I'm preaching this stuff. Belonging at Grace Church is an expression of the divine hospitality shown to us by God. As Laura said last week, we are hospitable guests, not the host. This reality focuses our intention on becoming the best possible reflections of the host, Jesus. Our belief in this, our belief is this is the very best way to live. For our flourishing, not just for our flourishing, but for the flourishing of others the flourishing God, the flourishing of each other. Now, there's an old joke that most of the adults have heard in here, but maybe some of the kids have not heard it. Okay, so I'm going to tell a joke, right? Okay, you ready, Carly? So there were two people, and they were hiking, and they were out in the woods, and they were hiking, all right? And all of a sudden, they heard a bear, and the bear started to get closer and they realized that the bear was going to get them Kate the bear was coming after them and the two friends were there and all of a sudden one of them they started to run and then one of them stopped and stood down and started tying his shoe while the bear is chasing him and his friend looked back and he said what are you doing why are you stopping to tie your shoe the bear is chasing us you can't outrun the bear And he said, I don't have to un-route the bear, uh, outrun the bear, I just have to outrun you. He just had to get it out of his friend because he knew the bear was going to get his friend. Right? Old joke. But it is really illustrative, I think, of how often we live our lives. It's the antithesis of belonging. As we see our lives through this lens of zero-sum game. I just have to get more than the other person. It's about me looking better, acting better, being perceived as more righteous, being perceived as having it more together. I'm measuring myself constantly against another person instead of for the other person with that. It's the antithesis of belonging. And so I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back up We're going to take communion together. And we're going to use this time to reflect on this. Again, I don't want you to believe this because I've got the microphone. Don't take my word for it. I ask you to listen. I ask you to give it some thought. But don't just accept it, what I'm saying is true, because I have the microphone. Work this out for yourself. Pray about it. Talk about it. Work it out. Also, this time where we take our offering, we have our offering box in the back but also you can give online. And that's another sign of belonging to each other. We all are admitting, hey, we all have something here to give and we all have needs that need to be met. So we give our offerings as a sign of belonging. And then we take communion. Finally, we take communion as hospitable guests. Grace Church, we don't set this table. God does. Jesus is the host at this table. Jesus decides decides and has already decided who is welcome at that table. And you know what he decided who's welcome? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody is welcome at this table. Jesus is the host. He's made that perfectly clear. So we accept this as from Jesus that we are, that we belong. And that's what I want you to consider this morning. As you take these elements, consider how they demonstrate And give evidence to the fact that you belong. Thank you for being here this morning.
2: There's love Till uh, it was I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all. sorrow that heaven can So lay down your burden A rest that endures Earth has no sorrow And... together.
1: Hey, thanks everyone for being here this morning. This is a really special morning. Um, receive the benediction. Grace Church, go now with the prayer of Jesus in your hearts and heads that you might be one belonging to each other as we all belong to God. May this be at the root of your imagination and actions, affections and allegiances. In the name of the Creator, Jesus the Messiah, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Test. Oh, hello. I get background music while I'm doing an announcement. Um, so we're gonna have our food here shortly. Anne is on her way picking them up, so she should be here shortly. Um, we did order like ten more than we needed, so if you did not sign up but you still want to have lunch with us, then you are welcome to. And if you wanted to donate for the food, uh, you can put it in the box back there or send it on PayPal. But If you can't, no worries. So, anyway, we're going to take our food and we're going to eat outside here, probably in the shade. So, yeah, glad to be here.
2: I wonder, so aimless, I feel the sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in, but Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Just like a blind man, I wandered alone, worries and fears i bring for my own, then like the blind man's got to give back his sight, praise the Lord, I saw the light, I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. sight the Lord, I saw the
3: light
2: I was a fool to wander astray Straight is the gate and narrow the way Now I have traded the wrong for the right Praise the Lord, I saw the light I saw the light, I saw the light No more in darkness, no more in night Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside Praise the Lord, I saw the light No sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. I saw the love. Nice. No, I mean, I can, I, can, I always cry when I sing that song, man. I something about it.
1: Do what?
0: Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org.
3: Grace and peace.